Well, you're, uh, you're at truths about my tongue, right? Uh, if that's not what you want to hear about tonight, you have two other choices, okay? <laughs> you can go stage right or stage left. Uh, I guess that's your right, your left. But, uh, wow, we're at lesson number six tonight. Can you believe that? We've been having a little journey here together, learning about the tongue, uh, kind of looking back here about truths about my tongue and... If you remember, we got started right out the gate, right? We learned about our terrible tongue. We got the good, the bad, the ugly, right? Uh, well, allow the bad and the ugly. <laughs> uh, right from the gate, right from the start. And um, it's been a helpful series to me. I, I hope it's been to you as well as we look at the different lessons about, wow, the tongue we struggle with. We, boy, we often take our tongues for granted, don't we? Our speech, the, our words, they're just words, right? Remember that first time we, we spoke uh, some weeks ago now, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah, kind of a nice secular saying, but just a total lie, isn't it? It's just not true. Uh, we're hurt by words, and words have meaning, and um, God cares about our words. He gives so much attention to it in Scripture, and I trust you you saw that. I remember when we looked at The fact that Christ, when he walked on this earth, never spoke a single sinful word ever. And every word he did speak was fruitful, productive, edifying. You know, we think about the perfect life of Christ, and usually I think first of his actions, right, what he did. But what he spoke was always profitable and good and never for self-centered interest. And we looked at the, the heart of our speech, we have to admit, while when we sin with our tongue, we're often protecting an idol of the heart, aren't we? There's something about our hearts that, uh, you know, a desire that may be good, but we just want it too much, a ruling desire, an idolatrous desire. And remember, we learned to to trace those sins of the tongue back to those sinful desires, desires of the heart, realizing what Christ said. What proceeds from the mouth comes from the heart. And we have to take it back to the heart. In other words, we're not all about speech therapy. Remember our analogy of the ventriloquist, right? The things that creep you out. I think that's why Ronald McDonald's not around anymore because too many people get creeped out by by clowns, right? I have a little creepiness about ventriloquist uh, dummies, right? And, uh, oh, that smirk on their face, and they're speaking so sarcastically, and and, uh, you feel like slapping the dummy. Well, you can slap the dummy all you want, but until you get back to the source, the one who's the dummy is lap they're sitting on, right? You're not going to change the speech. And that's so true with our hearts. We have to take it back to the heart of the matter. What what proceeds from the mouth comes from the heart. And we identified destructive words. We looked at sinful words. We looked at various definitions. We looked at nine of them in particular. The sins of the tongue were to put off. Remember the Ephesians 4 language. Put off sin and put on righteousness. So we learned how to speak with a transformed tongue. How to speak edifying words, fruitful words, words that are productive, words that are helpful, words that are God-glorifying, words that speak about God's kingdom and redemptive purposes rather than our selfish purposes, right? And we took one of those last week. We looked at God-centered affirmation, seeing how God's working in a person's life and affirming that, encouraging that. I'm seeing progress in the faith. I'm seeing progress in your sanctification, and I want you to know, I I see that evidence, and I I encourage you with that. What an encouraging message we heard today from 
Romans 6 and the various other passages we heard from 1 John, right? What great ways to encourage one another about the fruits we're seeing in each other's lives that give evidence of life, that God's working. And we see over and over Paul doing that through his epistles. And when we practice that, we practice a God-centered affirmation, not to build up someone's pride, but to speak well of what God's doing in their life, to God's glory. Well, today we're going to take a little different twist, and we're going to look at what we're calling the overlooked ministry of listening. All right? And we'll start with our passage we've been thinking about a little bit here. We looked at this last week. We called this Paul's purpose statement for the tongue. All right? Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So I think you should ask yourself a question. What are words that fit the occasion? How do I speak with a transformed tongue for God's purposes that edify, build up, are helpful to others, but that fit the occasion? Now, we may bring encouraging words to others, hopeful words, words that are commendable. However, in our efforts to edify and help someone else, there may be things we could say that aren't being said. I could come to Matthew or John Mark or Hunter or any of these guys here, and I could, wasn't it a wonderful day that the Lord made today? And we could rejoice in that. That's edifying words, right? But if I use the ministry of listening, and as we look at a few things tonight, asking questions and inquiring a little deeper, I might be able to target edification much more specifically through the ministry of listening. In other words, knowing what to say by first hearing from the one we're speaking to, not missing that point. And what's going to be greatly encouraging tonight is I can develop, I can grow, I, I can be used of God more fully if I get this practice down of learning to listen well, all right? So today, we're going to be looking at the overlooked ministry of listening. <clears throat> anyone have, anyone have um, any car trouble lately? Anyone need to send a car to a shop? Usually it's all the single guys at uh, you know, their car. <laughs> uh, they're getting rides. You see them. <laughs> You know, that thumb out down the road in the church. Uh, just imagine with me, I take my car to the shop because of a major problem I'm having. And uh, imagine the shop owner taking the car, you know, as they'll, they'll gladly do if they have room for it in their parking lot. And, um, but as I bring it in, I notice there's no questions for me about what's going wrong with my car. And they spend all this time telling me about their certified trained technicians, right? Five-star quality service, um, free coffee in the break room, right? Um, you know, we, 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 you know we, we're recommended. We have a high rating on Yelp. Uh, you know, I would, don't believe all those, by the way. Um, and, 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 and there's never 
a point where I can actually share with them what's wrong. They say, hey, rest assured, we've got your car taken care of. And I leave a little uh, encouraged, but a little skeptical. Would you be skeptical too? And I get a call a few days later, your car's ready. Go in, you know. Hey, we saw the problem. Your, your tires, you know, they had some wear on them. Brand new set of tires. There they are. And then I'm like, well, you know, I've had having this noise. It's been this clickety-clank poof, clickety-clank poof, clouds of smoke, right? Really? Is that? You didn't tell me that. Well, but that's my problem. And it's how it happens every cold morning. Cloud of smoke, clickety-clank poof, clickety-clank poof. And, um, and all of a sudden we come to realize, the shop operator comes to realize, you don't need a set of tires. You need something much more. You need a new engine. Oh, okay, I need a new car. <laughs> a whole new... You know, what, what, did, what did he do? He took this... He helped me. I had some wear in my tires. I got a new set. Woohoo! Yeah. Didn't need them, but I got them. Uh, but the real root issue, my problem wasn't really addressed. My, my, my real underneath the surface, right? What was missing there? What was missing was questions. Some communication. Something a little bit extra than just bringing the car in, having a chit-chat, and going on our way, thinking I know how to help the customer. And as we go into this ministry of listening, what we're talking about is getting beyond the surface and getting a little bit deeper in our ministry with one another. So here's our key point for today. We like to have a key point each time. Very simple. Listening well provides the opportunity to speak well into another person's life. Listening well provides the opportunity to speak well into another person's life. We should come away today really realizing that we really can't communicate with others properly, speaking with a transformed tongue, until we have learned to listen. It's that important. Well, where do we start? Well, like every area of the Christian life, we start with God, his character, and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's start there. We know love. We know how to love one another. Why? He first loved us, didn't he? We see that in 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. We know how to serve because Jesus washed the disciples' feet and he said, go, do likewise. Do as I've done unto you today. John chapter 13, verses 14 and 15. We know how to forgive because he's fully forgiven us, right? Ephesians 4, 32 says, forgive others as God in Christ forgave you. He's the model. He's the standard. This is how you forgive. Forgive as Christ forgave you. We know how to suffer, don't we? Because Christ suffered for us. 1 Peter 2.21 says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. We aim to be holy, because he is holy. And so when we start our lesson tonight on the ministry of listening, we're going to start by first listening or looking at our listening God. Let's start there, all right? How do we listen? 
Let's start by looking at God. So let's look at a few foundational principles. You'll see them on your sheet, or you'll see them up on the screen in front of you. And this one might sound a little strange, but still very true. God listens among himself. Yes, God listens to himself. Now, perhaps sometimes you've gone down the road and you see someone talking and there's nobody there. And, uh, <laughs> and perhaps they're either singing to what they're listening in the car or they got a little earpiece here and they're actually talking to someone hands-free like they should be. Um, but God listens to himself among himself. If you think about this, look at your your hand out there. The father listens to his son, right? In the context here of John chapter 11, verses 41 and 42, Lazarus had been dead for several days. Jesus arrives at the tomb and he raises Lazarus to life. And in verses 41 and 42, he says this, So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father... I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. The Father listens to the Son. Well, the Son also listens to the Father. We know this well from Scripture, don't we? John eight twenty six says, I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I have heard from him. There's a listening relationship when the Son listens to the Father. And the Spirit listens to the Father and the Son. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whoever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Whatever he hears, he will speak. The Spirit speaking on behalf of the Father and the Son. The Spirit listens to the Father and the Son. In the triune God, one God we worship, three persons, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who have been in eternal relationship with one another from eternity past, right? When we think of, let's say, the love of God he has for us, love for, the love of God did not start when we were created. You realize that? Why, why must that be true? Well, it's not like God needed us, right? God needs nothing. He didn't need us to have something to love, like us needing a teddy bear or a good hug from mom or dad, right? I need you. God, God did not need anything. Well, then where did love start? It's always been in the Trinity. The Father's always loved the Son. The Son's loved the Father, the Spirit. They've worked together in a perfect unity, a triunity of love amongst the persons of the one God we worship, our triune, wonderful God. Did listening start when we were created? Well, listening between God and man did, but not between the Godhead. They've always had perfect communication, holy communication, edifying communication, a listening one to another. God has spoken. God has listened within the triune Godhead. And it's really, if you think about this standard of listening that's always occurred, this communication in the members of the Godhead, 
it's unthinkable that one member of the Godhead would speak and the other two wouldn't listen, right? I mean, kind of out doing something else or I don't have time for that today. Uh, in the perfect, holy community of the triune God, there's always been perfect communication and perfect listening one amongst the other. So I'll, we won't go into that any deeper. It's a deep topic to talk about the Trinity. And eventually you get to a point I can't understand it any further. And then we, we just come to the point of understanding how great and wonderful our, our God is. But we start with that. God listens among himself. All right? Listening. It's a God thing. Look at our second point here. God listens to us. Now, that shouldn't be a great revelation to all you guys today, but something we must think through, that God invites his people to talk to him. It's the one of the substances of, 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 a, of, a, of a good relationship, right? God hears and he listens to us. In a practical sense, this is really where our relationship with God began, didn't it? Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, sorry, not hearing today, <laughs> God always listens. Those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why can we take that promise to the bank? Because God hears and he listens. Many places we can turn to God listening to us. You probably know more scriptures than I do on this topic. But let's just look at Psalm 34 as an example. It's on your sheet there. We'll look at several verses here of how David endears himself um, to the Lord because of the listening Lord, the listening God of the Bible. If you look there uh, at Psalm 34, verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. You look at verse 15 of Psalm 34. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. He hears us. He listens to us. And David goes on in verse 17 of Psalm 34. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. How often all of us have been comforted by the fact that God hears and he listens to our pleas for help. His love and his care, just uh, from that come this listening ear. It gives us comfort in a storm. It gives peace to us in uncertainty. Of course, in the context of the Psalm 34, God listened, and then he acted. He saved, and this really ends up being a pattern for us that as we hear and listen, it gives opportunity for us to then do ministry in the life of the one we're listening to. In an earthly sense, we understand this, right? Think of your family and just the love of a family when a parent listens to a child and their needs and making time to hear from them. Christy and I were in Myrtle Beach last week, suffering for Jesus uh, there <laughs> uh, with, our, with our parents. They were there for 
a week at a given spot there, a timeshare, and they asked us to join them. So oh, I can't, I can't pass that up. I did my work remotely, which you can do. You take your laptop everywhere these days, and uh, I worked during the day. Christy was with my parents more than I was uh, during our time, but boy, having the evenings with them, and I noticed more and more with my parents. My dad's now 87, my mom's 86, and for my parents, the first thing they, they always ask is they start asking me how I'm doing. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm the son. I'm supposed to be the response. My, my, my parents are getting older. I need to be seeing how they're doing, right? Uh, how's their health doing? You know, how was your day today? Uh, you know, how are you feeling? Uh, how's things going on at church? But they always beat me to it. Listening. It, 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 what does it do? It communicates a care, a concern, a love, a kindness, right? To reach out, ask questions, and then to listen. And this was the God that David was speaking to and the God we have much opportunity to speak to as well. You remember Matthew 6 well. Jesus instructs us how to pray, right? The model prayer, the disciples' prayer. And uh, Jesus invites us to talk to a listening God. We're invited to. It's not more like I'm in this corner here whenever you... No, it's seek me. Seek me so what I, what I can be found. Jesus invites us to talk to a listening God, and then he instructs us how to pray. I'm always grasped by this, just struck by this verse here in Matthew 6. Last part of verse 8 and the first part of verse 9, it says, Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. He already knows it. And then Jesus says, pray then like this. He knows what you need. Now pray like this. Now tell me, tell me your needs. That's our listening God. He wants to hear. He wants, he wants relationship. He wants community. That, 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 that special bond between his child and, and, and himself. Consider the listening ear of Jesus in his earthly ministry, right? Our understanding of the humble and kind heart of, of Jesus is helped immensely when we just think a little bit about how Christ listened to those around him. Consider the many reasons here. I'll give you a few of them here, a few examples. Consider the many reasons Jesus could have shut his ears, but instead he lovingly listened. Jesus listened to Nicodemus's questions about eternal life. Even though a Pharisee, these were things a Pharisee should already know. Right? A teacher of the law. Jesus listened to the woman at, at the well, risking the shame of associating with a Samaritan. Jesus listened to the rich young ruler's quest for heaven, knowing that personal rejection was right around the corner. Jesus listened many times to the disciples' request to be first in the kingdom. And patiently sharing them again to be great in the kingdom, you must be the servant of all. Jesus listened to blind Bartimaeus' pleas for healing, though many rebuked him and urged him to be silent. Jesus listened to desperate appeals for relief from those under the dominion of demons, though these were outcasts in society. Jesus listened to the disciples' cries from the boat, 
for rescue from the storm despite their lack of faith. Jesus listened to Martha's protests despite her unacceptable attitude, her impatience, her fussing, her complaining. Jesus listened to the concerns of Thomas, even as he voiced his skepticism and doubts about the resurrection holding out his hands. Jesus listened listened to a criminal's confession while bearing the sin of the world on the cross. Our God is a listening God. That's the gold standard of listening, right? Look to Christ. And so there's a premise here we can, uh, that we can safely state and really kind of leading us to the next point is see God as our listening God. And that is this. This, again, over, going over finan- uh, foundational principles here. We are more like God when we listen like God. We are more like God when we listen like God. Our God is a listening God. We have the model and the method, and we are called to listen to others as well. You think about it. God could, could have chosen to just exclusively speak. He could have done that. This is, these are your orders. These are what you're to do. This is how to get things right in your life. And he could have just chosen to speak. But instead, in this relationship of conversation, this relationship of words, he speaks and he listens. And he not only, again, he not only speaks to us, but listens to us. Well, why? Because God's loving. He's compassionate. He's kind. He desires to hear from us. He seeks relationship. The heart of the Lord is love. The nature of love elevates the needs and cares and concerns of the other. And therefore, God patiently and kindly listens. I think it's pretty obvious as we think about it. Relationship with others in our marriages, between one another in the body of Christ, between co-workers, relationship with others has to go beyond speaking. We've been spending a lot of time about putting off the wrong words and putting on the right ones, right? But relationship has to include another dimension. It can't just be speaking to help someone. We must also listen. It's not a one-way street. True relationship involves both speaking and listening. Look at how the psalmist endears himself to the Lord because of the listening ear of God in Psalm, Psalm 116, verses 1 and 2. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice. And my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. And so the psalm here attests to more than just mere hearing, but God listening and then acting on the behalf of the psalmist. Here's the point. We endear ourselves to others when we hear them out. We strengthen relationships when we take the time to listen, to faithfully and lovingly hear out what another person has to say. And we are increasingly more like God when we listen to others like God. 
when I was, uh, I think of my college years a lot. I'm, a, I'm around college students a lot. Um, they haven't kicked me out of the boundless group yet, so I get to stick around there with my wife, Christy. And uh, it reminds me of days of yesteryear. Uh, <laughs> this is perhaps a story I've told them before, but, uh, you know, they, when I was a very young believer, I came to know Christ in college, and I was a very needy person, uh, a VNP, a very needy person, and <laughs> lots of needs in my life. And I didn't know how to solve them. And I didn't know how to, how to look to the scriptures and find truth, but I, was, I wanted to know answers. And I remember meeting together with our campus pastor that was there at our secular school, our secular college uh, in Ohio. And I had a particular interest in a young lady, um, and I didn't know how to win her affections. Yes, she's now my wife. Uh, hello, out there. And... Uh, <laughs> She, um, it was, I, was, I was a young believer, and I was, I was ready to date. One little problem, she wasn't. Um, and that made for well, a little protracted trial in my life. You ever wish you had that switch on somebody to get things to move a little differently? And uh, God's timing and his ways are so much better. And during those times where I was stressed out, anxious, trying to do it the right way, but not knowing how to win a girl, <laughs> how to pursue someone that may not be on the same time schedule. Uh, it may just mean retreating. It may mean heading in, uh, charge, you know. Woody's here, charge. Uh, I didn't know what to do. Um, and this campus pastor took the time to listen to this immature, anxious young believer that didn't know up from down, far more mature, had his Bible degree, knew so much more than I did, but he took the time to listen to me. His advice, by the way, was to woo Christy. W-O-O, I think is how you spell it. I said, what's a woo? Uh, I had no idea. <laughs> he explained to me. That's what I started doing, and the rest is history. But... Uh, <laughs> Oh, God works in mysterious ways. He listened. The tremendous ministry of listening. This is something every one of you can do. There's no special talent. There's no special gifting. There's no special level of maturity, although at that point in my life, I wasn't mature enough to listen. I was just talking. Um, what a tremendous ministry. What an opportunity. It's a ministry, as we look at the overlooked ministry of listening, it's, it's one we overlook quickly. We always feel we have to jump in and say something. And many times something does need to be said. But oh, how we repair often the wrong part of the car because we haven't taken the time to listen. Listening well. Now Dietrich Bonhoeffer has a few quotes here. They're not real easy to listen to and swallow, okay? So I'll preface that. They're, like, they're, right, they're going right for the jugular here, okay? Listen to what he says. The first service that one owes to others in the fellowship consists in listening to them. Interesting perspective. Just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them. It is God's love for us that he not only gives us his word, but also lends us his ear, looking to the example of God, who speaks and listens, right? 
our ministry, a service we owe to one another. Again, we've been speaking weeks here about how to speak properly in each other's lives, but a ministry we also owe is listening. He goes on. So it is his work that we do for our brother when we learn to listen to him. Christians, especially ministers, so often think they must always contribute something when they are in the company of others, that this is the one service they have to render. They forget that listening can be a greater service than speaking. What a privilege we have in this body. I look at your faces tonight. What a wonderful body God's given us. A believers knit together. We're the body of Christ. We're the expression of the universal church in this local church. And we have the privilege, the calling, just the great blessing of serving and edifying the other saints in this body. And if you think, just think for a moment, think about the one another commands. Think about the, the ministries God calls us and blesses us to have amongst one another. We're to care for one another. 1 Corinthians 12, 25. Does listening communicate care? We're to bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6, 2. Bear one another. Another one, one another command. How listening aids us in bearing a burden to properly understand it, to help get under the weight of that. We're to express kindness and forgiving one another. We're to submit to one another, bear with one another, love one another, comfort one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, confess to one another, be hospitable to one another, serve one another, humble one another, greet one another with all its various references. Look at all the one another commands, and they're benefited greatly, and I would say in many cases really can't be fulfilled completely unless we have a listening ear that understands how to care and meet that particular area of, of ministry. So as we think about a ministry of listening, God listens amongst himself. God listens to us. God gives us the model of how to listen to one another. Well, if we understand that, if we can get to the point where it's like, I want to be like God, I need to listen to others as well. How do I become a better listener? Now, I'll give you full disclosure here. I am in the process of still learning how to be a good listener. I... uh, I, I, sometimes I, I think I have to shoot first and ask questions later, right? I mean, it's just kind of like you throw it out there, see if it sticks, and then, uh, you know, kind of pick up the shrapnel later. And uh, I've been learning, especially I've been studying this topic, I've been learning how to listen better. Anyone else have trouble listening to take the time, the effort, the care, knowing how important it is to speak well, I must first listen well. So let's look at several elements here of proper listening. How can I make progress in the ministry of listening? What does proper listening look like? And we'll go through several of these points, all right? First, listen patiently. Patience is required. 
Listen patiently, so don't interrupt. All right? I have found it very hard to wait. I like to jump into the burning building (laughs) way before I should. Uh, Don't interrupt. Wait. Hear, Hear the person out. It's especially hard when you hear something and you've got the answer. Isn't that just great? Like you're on Jeopardy or something. I know that one. And uh, you want to jump in and just take over. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to tell you there's not a time to do that. But what I'm cautioning you with here, if we're going to be better listeners, is be patient. What I often do is go off on a tangent into an area that changes the tires on the car that's got the clickety-clank poof, Okay. And I haven't gotten down to the actual need of the person. Or just this, this principle here. The, think of this as well. The first thing shared when you're listening to someone is often just a surface issue. There are other things going on under the hood. So think patiently. Hear them out. Hear what's under the surface. Biblical fellowship, think about this. Biblical fellowship and edifying others is not just about having the right answers. Now, those are really important. We want to communicate truth. We want to be truth-driven. We edify others through the truth. We've been talking about that, this whole series of truths about my tongue. But that's not the only area of ministry to one another. We need to foster, nurture relationships, and that requires some patience on our part. And I find it hard to be patient. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. So I feel like I'm a good company, okay? (laughs) As I learn to be more spiritual and be more like Christ, walking in the Spirit instead of the flesh, I will learn to be more patient. And perhaps if it's a fruit of the Spirit, patience is something you struggle with as well. But with the fruit of the Spirit being patience, there's great encouragement there, right? As you grow to be more like Christ, you will learn. You can put on patience. It's something God's equipped us with, with the Spirit, to be able to put on this great fruit and bear fruit for God and his kingdom. So listen patiently. Listen attentively. The heart of listening is learning to understand them. Proverbs 18.13 says this, If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Don't speak too quickly. There's things going on on the surface. So many times, you know, Christy and I will be with someone, we're giving counsel, and I'm hearing them out. I haven't given counsel yet. I'm hearing their, what's going on. And I'll jump into that burning building. And I'm, and, uh, and I'm speaking about things. And Christy's known I jump too quickly at times. And if she's with me, she'll, she'll ask a very important question. She'll ask the person we're talking to, did Rich answer your question or not? And more times than not, I haven't. I kind of went on my tangent, and I wasn't patient. And Christy has brought me down to earth again to remember about the overlooked ministry of listening. And she has helped me be a better listener. 
if we go back to Bonhoeffer again, again, these are, these are tough love words here from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. There is a kind of listening with half an ear that presumes already to know what the other person has to say. You've been there? Then they've done that like, like me? It's an impatient, inattentive listening. Why? Because you're thinking ahead to the answer before the person has even spoken about what's on their heart, right? You presume, presume to know. And according to Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that despises the brother and is only waiting for a chance to speak and thus get rid of the other person. This is no fulfillment of our obligation. And it is certain that here, too, our attitude toward our brother only reflects our relationship to God. Wow, tough words. But words we need to hear when we speak too quickly. It's so easy to fall in the trap of giving advice to a matter we don't truly understand. So here's a general rule. Listen, listen first, speak second. All right? Listen first. Work on that. Listen first. Okay, so let's go to our second point. Listen patiently, so don't interrupt. Our second element of proper listening. Listen thoroughly by asking questions. There is a place to speak in being a good listener. The scriptures say here, the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out, Proverbs 20, verse 5. Draw it out patiently, lovingly. Ask questions to draw out the needs of the heart. Jesus always spoke truth, right? He's the embodiment of truth. We rely and look to him and his words as life-giving food, but Jesus also asked questions Someone counted the number of questions Jesus asked in his conversations in the Gospels. And the number was 284. 284 questions. I'm sure there were many more, right? Jesus, he, he's the living word. He could have just spoke and spoke and spoke and we would, everyone would have been edified. Speak more, speak more. He listened, as we saw earlier, but he also drew out below the surface of a person's need. He, he got into a man's heart like the deep water that it is. And Jesus, being a man of understanding, would draw it out with questions. Jesus engaged in dialogue to make sure people connected and understood his message. It wasn't just proclaiming. He wanted to see where they're at, even though he already knew. But it was a ministry to them to draw that out. Francis Schaeffer said this, If I have only an hour with someone, I will spend the first 55 minutes asking questions and finding out what is troubling their heart and mind. And then, and then in the last five minutes, I will share something of the truth. Now, don't take the 55 to 5 as gospel here, okay? But you get the point. We need to be a far more listening people for not doing that before we speak. Questions. They, when you ask a question of someone you're talking to, what does that communicate? It communicates care, doesn't it? It communicates a concern uh, about that person. I want to know more about you or what's troubling you. 
What's our most common question we start with? Well, how's your day going? How was last week? How was work going? They're great introductory questions. These are, these are fine. They're a nice starter, but it typically brings a, a conversation of pleasantries. Now, to get into this overlooked ministry of listening, we need to ask some deeper questions, don't we? What are some questions we can ask that might draw these things out as we saw here, the purpose in a man's heart being like deep watering and a a man of understanding will draw it out. And I would just give you a few suggestions. How can I pray for you, right? What do you find out when you ask how I can pray for you? And I hear that often from many of you. You often ask me that, and it's a ministry to me. But I get to share what's important in my life now. And oftentimes, with what I need prayer for, there's great opportunities for follow-up questions. What do you mean your, 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 your relative is in the hospital? Or what do you mean that work's been really hard this week? Uh, you might ask, are you, are you struggling with worry? Can I pray about you there? And then all of a sudden, you launch into a whole area as you learn about their cares and their concerns and their burdens, patiently listening that first 55 minutes, <laughs> and then having five minutes to say, let's, let, let's go to the book of Matthew and see what they say about worry. This is what helps me when I worry. Or this is my go-to psalm. You might want to read this. I suggest this for your devotions uh, before you go to bed tonight or when you get up in the morning. This, this is my go-to place when I worry. And, you know, those things didn't come up at all when we talk about the ball game and these kind of starter questions that are all well and fine. But when we start asking questions... How can I pray for you? Oh, a ministry of not just listening, but then be able to speak into their life, to edify them for their their good. So many other things we could say. Um, What do you believe God is teaching you through this, right? What do you think God is revealing about his character in these circumstances? I was talking to a young man recently in our, our, our... our, our circles here, and um, you know, I've been studying this listening, so my radar was up, and we were we were doing all the pleasantries, how school going, how you keeping up with things, da 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 da, and I got thinking, yeah, point number two, I need to ask some questions. <laughs> I asked, so how's, how's your spiritual life doing? That's what came to my mind. How's your spiritual life doing? Yeah, what an opportunity, just. All of a sudden, sharing all below the surface of things that are a care and concern in the spiritual walk of this young man. What a blessing that was that we could then spend some time together and listen to those burdens. And in a minimum, say, I'm going to be praying about that this week. What an encouragement. Sometimes that's, that's, that's the best ministry you can give. I've heard you out, and I will bring that to the throne of grace. Sometimes what someone else just needs is to know someone else knows. Isn't there great ministry in that? When you're carrying a burden and just to be able to share that burden with someone else and to have you know that they're praying for you? Listen thoroughly. Ask questions, all right? As we think about elements of proper listening, let's look at number three. Listen attentively. Listen with attention. And how we're going to apply it here is with proper body language. 
with proper body language. You know, I could be talking to Matthew here, and he's talking to me, and I'm out there looking at Sarah, or I'm looking at Emily, I'm looking at Jaden, right, as he's talking to me. And what am I doing? What am I communicating to Matthew as he's pouring out his heart to me? Hey, uh, Chandler, uh, hi, guys in the back. Uh, well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm communicating a lack of care and concern. Am I really listening, right? I find that so easy to do you know, after a service, right? And we're fellowshipping and the, and the crowd's going. You see your friend going by and here you are talking to someone and your eyes start going in this direction. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we're talking. And uh, it can be so easy to get distracted, but our body language speaks volumes about our care and concern. It's not just the ears that listen, but we communicate how we're listening through our bodies. Obviously, our, our body language. If Matthew starts talking to me, I'm starting to roll my eyes. Well, <laughs> what does that communicate? Well, that was dumb. Uh, right? I mean, that's you know, that takes us patience, this kindness when we are listening to somebody. Watch your, uh, your body language, sighing or, you know, this kind of thing. Okay, Matthew, keep, keep telling me. And he knows I'm taking him to the woodshed. <laughs> you know, when I fold my arms like this, right, standing in judgment. Um, it's not everything, right? I'm not, I'm not, I want to make too much of this. But... How we focus our attention in our body language, I think, speaks a lot. I think you guys understand that in conversations you have with others. And how we often have not listened well when our body language uh, moves in that direction. So when you're listening to somebody, lean in. Make good eye contact and hear out the one who is speaking. Speak or listen attentively. All right. Number four, listen lovingly. Listen lovingly by controlling your emotions. James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let everyone let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And sometimes, admittedly, our emotions get the best of it. And like a volcano that just flows over like lava, we just all spill out. And there's a place for self-control in our patient listening. And so often we're quick to hear and slow to speak, right? Uh, uh, I should say slow to hear and quick to speak as opposed to quick to hear and slow to speak. So, so as we learn about our lessons on the truth about my tongue, we've been reminded of the importance of addressing the heart, Right? And many times the heart is going to speak about what we believe is important before a time we've heard somebody out. And I would just say work on that timing. Ask God for a heart of compassion for the other person. Ask, ask for a heart that weeps for those who weep, that re rejoices with those who rejoice. Ask God for a heart that serves, a good listening, a good listening that's intentional, it requires God's enablement. And remember, remember our, 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 one of the passages we looked at, we were looking at the heart, was 2 Corinthians 5.9. That we make it our aim to please him. That's the thing, as, we, as we're becoming more like Christ, it becomes more of the ruling principle, the ruling desire of our heart is to please him. And when that's our ruling desire, 
more and more, as we grow to be more like Christ, we'll make it more and more our aim to, to please him and not be slow to hear and quick to speak, but rather quick to hear and slow to speak. Two more last points here as we come to our closing time here. Elements of proper listening. Let's look at number five. Listen confidently by trusting God in what is shared. I think you guys probably realize this already. But there can be a, a fear of listening because you'll start hearing things that all of a sudden you have some measure of responsibility for. Right? Do I really want to ask this next question? Do I want to dig a little deeper? Uh, because with that knowledge comes some level of responsibility. How will I respond? Will I have an answer? Will I look like a fool when they share this? And I'm like, brother, I have no idea what to do. And we get weeks, so we start jumping ahead to conclusions, right, about answers we don't have before we've even heard the matter, right? Uh, and we psych ourselves out of the whole conversation and just kind of go on to the next person. Uh, the encouragement here is listen confidently by learning to trust God when listening well and asking good questions. There will oftentimes be things shared you don't have an answer for. And I would say what an opportunity God has to grow you in ministry. Some of my greatest areas and times of growth in my life has been when I've been asked a question that I just didn't have a good answer for. And I'll say, brother or sister, I'm going to pray for that this week, and I'm going to look into that matter more fully. Let's get back together next week, or let's have a call tomorrow. And I'll have my time to be really stretched in an area. I'll call another pastor. I'll call Mark Hager. His phone's ringing off the hook. Give him a text, right? Uh, uh, I speak to my wife. Um, I go into the scriptures. I look up good biblical counseling materials. You know, we got this conference coming up, our Truth and Light Conference, and that is to arm you guys with stuff like this, how to help each other, how to counsel one another, be equipped to speak truth into each other's lives, and just don't wait for the softballs. It's okay to get a fastball every once in a while that swings, that goes right by you. And let God use that God-ordained providential opportunity to then go back and learn about how to counsel well in that area. And guess what? You'll find yourself equipped and more confident to then listen to others who have similar concerns. Why? You've taken the time to study that, to pray about it, to seek counsel, to learn it yourself that you may truly edify someone else in your words, right? Listen well, but don't speak. listen confidently, not in yourself, by trusting God in what he has shared. And finally, we want to listen consistently. Consistently. Listen consistently. Uh, point number six, developing this ministry of listening through practice. You know, like anything in the Christian life, we get better at it when we depend on God and we practice, practice, practice. I don't know what it is, but there's sometimes in the Christian life we just think, well, this is all of God, and he has to somehow pour this in me. <laughs> and after he pours it, I'll start listening, right? Um, no, 
growing in sanctification, we know we're to work, our, work out our salvation in fear and trembling, knowing it is God who works in us, right? As we, effort, as we uh, give our best and our, effort, our greatest effort to please God in our efforts, he is there to enable us and strengthen us in the power of the Spirit. Make it your goal to listen well. Make it your goal to develop the skill and ministry to be like our Lord and Savior that listens so well. That may mean this next Sunday. I go into the service and I'm just, there's a new face. There may be a new face here tonight. And to greet them and then listen well. Ask questions. Ask those pleasantries. Get to know that person. Be a min- have a ministry of listening as you ask good questions. Those of you in small groups, it may be so very easy to speak. Maybe this next time you have your small group meeting, take a little more time and say, tonight, Lord, I want to learn to listen well. I'm armed with questions. What can I pray about for you? How's your spiritual life doing? Get down below the surface of the good cookies that are on the table, which is a great thing to talk about, and I love cookies. Uh, but yeah, take it to a level. How can I be of ministry tonight where my tongue can be an edifying tongue that builds up the other person? But Lord, to give that a sense of edification and purpose and depth by first listening well. Your Sunday school class, other places where you gather, within your own family, husband and wives with your children. Pray for a deeper humility, a greater love for others, and then practice it by listening more, speaking less. Along with this too, think about this. Plan your schedule a little differently. And I'm not saying to put on your, we used to call it day timer, but in your phone or whatever, um, you know, I'm five minutes for listening, right? And I'll, have, I'll put five minutes after the service and then I'm out. Uh, I'll, I'll have my time of listening in for the day. You know what I find more often than not? Yes, I need to plan my schedule well, but I find more often than not, I've got to be flexible with my schedule. You understand what I'm saying there? In other words, schedule's not king. That's not the God in my life. Now, there may be important things to do, and we have to respect those things. But boy, how we can worship a schedule and how we've ordered things in our life to dart here and to dart there. And if you're like any of the rest of us, we have busy lives. But to listen well, you're going to have to adjust your schedule in the moment, right? How do you plan for that? You ask a good question, you start hearing things and ways to minister, and all of a sudden, I've got an opportunity to speak edifying words in the moment. And I might just have to be a little late for lunch or delay my time in getting home or do something a little bit differently than I had planned. That's that listening ear of God who... who, who who cares and is kind and is always there to listen and hear what we have to say. Submit, in other words, submit to God's schedule. Submit to his providence, right? Don't be a slave to yours. Well, I hope these things have been helpful to you. The overlooked ministry of listening. To speak well, learn to listen well. May God give us all help and grace in doing that. You can pray for me. And I'll pray for you, that we may not overlook this important ministry. Well, that concludes our Truths About the Tongue. There will be another set of six series lessons coming up in equipping classes in a few weeks. we got the conference next week, so there will be no equipping class. 
But thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part of this. We really appreciate um, your attention in learning about an important topic. May God help us with our tongues and with our listening ears. Let's, let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, you've been so good and gracious to speak to us about these important things, to have that perfect tongue, to have that perfect truth, to have divine truth, to have authoritative truth. You have spoken well. And Lord, we learn and reminded tonight you also listen well, perfectly. You never cast away our our, our time, our pleas for mercy and help. You have that listening ear that cares and knowing that all who call in your name you will, you will respond. You're that strong tower we can run to, that, that haven, that place of safety, that place of comfort, the place where there's answers, there's place, that place where there's a peace that passes understanding. And Lord, oh, we want to be and model that in any way we can as mere men. Lord, to use our tongues more and more for your glory, to uplift others, to encourage others, to exhort others, to counsel others. And Lord, in doing so with our kind words and caring words, to know more specifically what our, the needs are of the other person, to listen to them well, that we might speak well. Lord, help us to be better speakers for your glory, better ambassadors, better ones that, 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 that speak edifying words, and may we do so as we listen and know how to speak well into someone else's life. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.